Welcome to Bushfire. I hope you enjoy the podcast. I like Neville Johnson, Session 10. Open up, Lord, our understanding. In Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> it's important for us to have an understanding of the big picture. It's important to have perspective. Because if we don't have an understanding of the big picture, we really don't know what we're fighting for. And so, tonight, I'm going to at least try and give you some understanding. And... Uh, we're going to have to be open, okay, to what God wants to say to us. <clears throat> you know, in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus is speaking. <clears throat> he said, Take heed, no man deceive you. Many will come in my name, saying, I am of Christ, and will deceive many. He said, you will hear of wars, rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. For all of these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. Nations shall rise against nations. Kingdom against kingdoms. There will be famines, pestilence or plagues, and earthquakes in many places. And they will deliver you up to tribulation. And you'll be hated of all nations. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel, the gospel of the kingdom, shall be preached in, on the whole world as a witness to every nation. And then, and only then, will the end come. The gospel of the kingdom shall be preached to every nation. And then, only then, will the end come. Up to now, we've had a gospel of salvation, and that's good. We need that, and we'll, we'll always have that. Simple gospel of salvation, and that's great, and that's good. But the gospel of the kingdom is more than that. You know, the word gospel simply means good news. The good news of the coming kingdom needs to be preached in the world today. And it's more than just the gospel, the simple gospel. It includes that, but it's more. And so we're going to have a look at that tonight. Hallelujah. See, we've always preached, you know, we preach to you, you need to be born again and saved, have your sins forgiven, and you'll make it to heaven. And that's true. And that's just a little bit of the picture. And so, we're going to look at that, and um, <clears throat> hallelujah. Hallelujah. It has always been God's purpose to bring heaven to earth. Right from the beginning. It was God's purpose. He wanted to bring heaven to earth. Thy kingdom come. 
Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And so, God's literally going to do that. Hallelujah. God is going to restore the earth back to the paradise that it was originally intended to be. And it's going to be exciting. The Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and verse 9 and 10, he said, I have not seen, nor has it entered into the heart of men the things that God has prepared for them that love him. But God is revealing them by his Spirit. Hallelujah. We're living in days when God is revealing many things by his Spirit. The angel said to Daniel, close up the books until the end times and we'll open them again and there'll be more understanding. A time when people will run to and fro and so on. You know the scriptures. You know, in the past, the church has been taught on three pivotal truths. One, the tribulation, the coming tribulation, second, the rapture, and third, the resurrection. But we hear very, very little about the millennium reign of Christ. And that's the jewel and the crown, you know? That, that, that is the main thing. And so we need to understand it. Much of the church has remained ignorant of the coming new super world, which is right on our doorstep. Maybe God hide some things until the time has come. I don't know. But God said to Daniel, Daniel, shut up the books and seal the book till the time of the end. And then they'll be opened. And in that day the deaf shall hear the words of the Lord. We're living in the best of times. We're living in the worst of times. But we win. <laughs> we are standing on the edge of time. When this dispensation will come to an end. You know the book of Revelation, chapter 10 and verse 5, it says, And the angel which I saw stood on upon the sea and upon the earth and lifted up his hand unto heaven. Now, this is one big angel. You got one foot in the sea, one foot on the land. Okay? And swore by him that liveth forever and ever who created heaven and the things therein and in the earth and the things therein are and the sea that time should be no more. We are running out of time. Hallelujah. We're coming to the end of the sixth day. And so this angel declared time is up. Time should be no more. You know, this age, in a real sense, is shuddering to a final climax. It's like labor pains now have set in. And every time there's a contraction, a volcano goes off there. Earthquake goes off somewhere else. The whole earth, the whole world is in, is in labor pains. Seeking to birth a new age. We need to understand, like, 
some of these things. We're living between a dying age and a brand new world. Between sunset and sunrise. We're about to break out of a 6,000 year battle into a dazzling new age. We had the new age before the new age had the new age. (laughs) You know? Hallelujah. We were sent to this planet for such a time as this to finish the fight. And it will be a fight right to the end. But we need to know what we're fighting for. This generation needs to know whether it's worth fighting for. You know? And you are the most privileged people that have ever born, been born on the face of the earth. You really are. Incredible. Incredible. You've been given the privilege to stand with the Lord and rescue this planet from the devil. You've it. It's your being given to you. You. Isaiah said, during this time of great darkness on the earth, God's people shall begin to stand up at last and arise and shine. For your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. We're in that time now. Our weapons are love, healing, and good news of the gospel. They are our weapons. The sword is the word of God in our mouth. A word of redemption. Hallelujah. Nations shall rise against nations. God's going to draw all the nations down into Armageddon against Israel and finish it. But we're not quite there yet. And so, he's going to destroy those nations. Revelation 16, 16 says, And he gathered them together in a place in the Hebrew tongue called Armageddon and the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air and there came a great voice out of the temple in heaven from, and from the throne of God saying it is done it is done you know we're going to see much tribulation but we are not appointed to the wrath of God We're not going to be here when the wrath of God is poured out on the earth. We're going to see some terrible things happen and we'll be around when the rise of the Antichrist is here. Like I said before, you know, why would he warn us not to take the mark if we're not going to be here? Come on, let's be a little logical, you know. We're going to be here until the wrath of God will be poured out. And we'll be called out of this for the marriage of the Lamb has come. Hallelujah. Oh. The Bible says God has not appointed us to wrath. This outpouring of the wrath of God is really going to mess up this planet. I mean, when you look at what's going to happen, the planet is going to end up as one incredible mess. And you say, why would God do that? Why would God mess up the planet? You know, 
with all this devastation. You see, everything decadent in this world, including every city that is decadent in this world, cannot come over into the millennium reign of Christ. You couldn't remove it. And we need to appreciate it, you know. God has a plan and he knows what he is doing. The Bible tells us that that every major city in the world will be dropped to the ground. Won't, Won't exist anymore. Some of the major cities in the world today are totally decadent. They have a history of incredible evil. And God says, this is not going to come over into my new world. So, what does he do? Revelation 16, 18, and there were voices and thunders and lightnings, and there was a great earthquake, such as was not since men were upon the earth. So mighty an earthquake, and so great, and the great city of Jerusalem was divided into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell. And the great Babylon came in remembrance before God. Every major city. There's going to be vast tracts of land which will just disappear under the waters. Volcanoes will erupt like we have never seen volcanoes erupt before. God is going to take the tension out of this earth. And so there will be no more earthquakes. No more volcanoes erupting. None of this thing in the millennium reign of Christ. But he's going to get it over all in one hit over a few weeks probably. And when it's over, the earth will come into rest. There won't be any earthquakes in the millennium reign of Christ. He said it's going to be an earthquake that will hit the entire world and drop all of the major cities of the world. Aren't you glad you won't be around then? There'll still be people though living on this earth. Vast tracts of land will come up out of the sea. Mountain ranges will rise up out of the sea, some of them higher than Everest. Vast new tracts of land. Others will go under the sea. The maps will have to be redrawn on this entire planet. It will be a totally different world. Oh, hallelujah. The Bible talks about every island disappearing. The Lord our God omnipotent reigns. There's going to be terrible destruction because the decadence of this world cannot come over into the new world. And it's going to be a terrible mess after it's all over. I saw the coast of California, particularly Hollywood, totally disappear under the sea. I've had some visions of this this period, I've had many dreams, but some visions of this period, how God would just rewrite the map. I saw some areas, sea came 40, 50, 100 miles inland. I saw tsunamis 
so big you would not believe. Two, three hundred feet high. Coming in over major cities. When this is over, Revelation 19:11 says, I saw the heavens open, and behold, white horses. And they that sat upon him were called faithful and true and righteousness to judge and to make war. His eyes were a flame of fire. On his head were many crowns, and his, he had a name written that no man knew but himself. He was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in linen and white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, which he should smite the nations and rule them with a rod of iron. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He's coming back with many of his saints. Enoch saw this way back in the early days. Enoch. It says in Jude 1.14, And Enoch the seventh from Adam prophesied of these things, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment in the earth. Can you imagine this? The sky opens up. After all this devastation, there's still people alive in the earth. I mean, the population of the earth will be reduced dramatically, but there's still some alive. And then, if on top of all this, the sky opens up and there are horses coming down to earth. Ah, yeah. Those nations that survived... And those people that survived the outpouring of the wrath of God, you know, will give an account to him. He says God will set up his throne in the earth and call the nations before him. And he said the nations will be divided into the goats nations and the sheep nations. And right now, the goat and the sheep nations are being lined up. And what a goat nation was, the nations who were arrayed against Israel and the sheep nations were the nations who supported Israel. And so, Matthew 25, 32, And before him shall be gathered all the nations, nations that are left anyway, and he shall separate them from one another. This is when the Lord is returned sustains back onto the earth and as, as the shepherd divided the sheep from the goats and he shall set up the sheep on his right hand the goat nations on his left hand then shall the king say unto them on his right hand come ye blessed of my father inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation and the work of the world for when I was hungered you gave me meat when I was thirsty, you made me drink. When I was in prison, you clothed me. You've done this to the least of my, Jesus, my brethren. Remember, Jesus was Jewish. My brethren. That was the dividing line. 
all the way through. And so, the big cleanup begins. We have to build a new world. You see, we have this strange concept. We're coming back and there's a brand new world. We live happily ever after during the millennium. But the earth is a mess. It's been torn apart by war and devastation from every angle. Maps have changed. The destruction is unbelievable. And there has to be, obviously, a big clean-up. Now there will be two classes of people in the millennium. There will be those who survived. Still unsaved, but survived. The nations who survived. And there will be people with resurrection bodies. Two classes of people. People with resurrection bodies will be have the opportunity to rule and rebuild this whole world. As nations, those who survive will be set to work, building a new world. You know, in Revelation 20 says, and he laid hands on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil, and bound him for a thousand years and cast him into a bottomless pit, shut him up, and the seal upon him, that he could not deceive the nations anymore. It's hard to believe what a world would be like with no demons, with no demonic temptation. It's hard to believe. Just what kind of a world that would be. But I tell you, it's worth fighting for. This, this generation of young people need to know what they're fighting for. They need to know what God's plan is. Two classes of people. You know, resurrection bodies. Never get sick again. You can travel at the speed of thought anywhere on the planet. You have resurrection bodies. Oh, you see, when you die, right, if you die, and you're Christian, your spirit leaves your body, right? And goes to heaven. But it's just your spirit. It's a spirit body. That, at the return of the Lord, the resurrection, your spirit body is going to be clothed with a resurrection body. That is the fullness of the new creation. It's a completely new species in the universe. Nothing like it has been seen before. Nothing like it has been seen before. This is a whole new creation. Super, a super race of people. Oh, hallelujah. The clean-up. The clean-up. You know, Ezekiel 39 Verse 8 and 9 says, Behold, it has come, it is done, saith the Lord God. This is the day where I have spoken of. And they that dwell in the cities of Israel shall go forth and set on fire and burn the weapons of warfare, both the shields and bucklers and arrows and so on. They shall burn them with fire seven years. It takes seven years to get rid of the military hardware. Seven years. 
Mm. Seven years to get rid of the weapons. You know how many weapons are stockpiled on this planet at the moment? Then, we've got so many dead bodies on the planet, it's a problem. Ezekiel 39.12 And seven months shall they be burying the dead that they might cleanse the land. And all the people of the land shall bury them. They shall be to them a renowned day. And they shall sever out men of continual employment passing through the land to bury those that remain on the face of the earth, to cleanse it. And after seven months they shall search. So many of these, be- these bodies are contaminated with radioactive problems. It says you can't touch them for seven months. Don't touch them. Only after seven months go out and bury them. And the pass- passengers that go through the land, when he seeth a man's bone, he shall set up a sign on it. Mark it out. And that has not to be touched for another seven months until the burials have buried it in the valley. And so they shall cleanse the land. Not a pretty picture. That's what's, that's, the Bible is very clear. That's what's happening. Because some of those bodies are contaminated. They have to be very careful. One lot go through and mark the area. Don't touch them. The others come behind with the right equipment to bury them. It's later than you think. Everything is now in a state of acceleration. You know, Noah had only seven days to get in the ark. Hmm. Interesting. Jesus said in Luke 21, this generation shall not pass away until all this is fulfilled. It's going to be fulfilled. Watch, Jesus said. Luke 21, 36. Watch ye therefore and pray always that ye might be counted worthy to escape these things that are coming to pass on the earth. Don't just take it lightly. Say, watch and pray always that you might be accounted worthy to escape these things. You know, before God destroyed Lot, had uh, destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, He warned them. He warned, you know, warned Abraham and He warned Lot. Remember the story. But Lot's wife, when it says she turned back, you look at the the Hebrew rendering of all that, she was lagging behind a long way. Her heart was still in there. That's where her home was. That's where everything was. She got caught in the fallout of the descending volcanic ash, turned to a pillar of salt. All these warnings are pictures of the end time. You know, in Ezekiel, God was about to bring terrible judgment on Israel. And it says in Ezekiel 9 and verse 4, And the Lord said to them, First, go through the midst of the city 
through the midst of Jerusalem and set a mark on the foreheads of the men that sigh and cry for the abominations done in the midst thereof. He said, I'm going to destroy, I'm going to destroy this place. I'm, I'm going to take it down. But he said, first, go through and look at the hearts of those people who are sighing about the, the abominations that are being done in the city. And he said, when you find them, put a mark on them. Interesting. They put a mark on their foreheads. Go through the midst of the city. And to the others he said, Go ye after him through the city, and smite and spare not, neither have pity on those who do not have the mark on them. Before judgment came, he said, Look, find those people who have a heart towards me. Because we want to spare them. And again, what we read the other night in Revelation 7 3, hurt not the earth, neither the seed, the trees, till we've sealed the bond servants of God in the forehead. In some of the visions and dreams that I had, I saw places where great earthquakes were erupting. Incredibly, earthquakes like I'd never seen before, along with volcanoes. And uh, I saw whole families, Christian families, who were supernaturally transported to another location. Just supernaturally take, put into another location. And I thought, wow, that's interesting. That's, you know, God is merciful, God is gracious. If we love the Lord with all our heart, He's going to protect us. If we're obedient to Him and love the Lord, we must be walking with God and surrendered to His will, living in the secret place of the Most High. This is coming in this generation. The world is heading towards this now. The cup is of iniquity on the planet is almost full. And God comes to the part and says, enough. And the angel says, there's no more time. It's over. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, resurrection bodies, you know. What will it be like in the new millennium world for the redeemed? Well, the capital of the world will be Jerusalem, for starters. You see, in this kingdom of God, there's neither Jew nor Gentile anymore. There's just one new, incredible new creation. Hallelujah. Yeah, a species that's never been seen in the world, uh, in the world before, in all of the universe. Resurrection bodies. Resurrection bodies. You will be roughly at the age of 30 years old. Isn't that a good prospect? And stay at that age. That's who it is. 30 is the age of maturity in God. When I met my mother in heaven, I mean, she looked drop-dead gorgeous. I mean, really? 
was hard to recognize. She looked so young, you know. But with resurrection bodies. Oh, man. See, in heaven, they don't have resurrection bodies yet. Hallelujah. No pain. You can't be injured. Have access to heaven whenever you want, between earth and heaven. Heaven won't be emptied out, you know. God's not going to empty the whole of heaven and put them on earth. You have to, have to qualify. But this generation has the opportunity more than any other generation to qualify. He that overcometh will sit with me on my throne. Hallelujah. Rebuilding in the millennium will be done by supernatural acts and human endeavor. Both. I saw both. Many people, Christians, have been prepared in this life for the millennium. We're going to need architects. We're going to need landscapers. You know, God's not only going to kind of go, then it's all done. We have to rebuild a new world. There'll be positions where he said, you know, he said, I'll give one person authority over five cities, some over one city, some over ten cities in the earth. These are places, positions that Christians will have, who have overcome, Christians will have in the millennium. Paradise will be restored again. There will be ministers of music. I saw that. In charge of music. All kinds of things, just like there is on the planet today. It has to be governed in righteousness, in truth, in justice. Some of the cities that will be built are unbelievably it's hard to describe. The architecture was unbelievable. It's just like parrot. Everything blended. Everything blended with creation and the buildings blended so perfectly. It was really difficult to describe. It was a perfect world. See, we're not going to get into millennials. You know, the millennium is not a rest cure for worn-out Christians. That's not what it's about. You're going to start, we're going to have to work to rebuild a new world. And that's, you know, the kingdom, the earth, with all evil removed, Mental capacity of people will grow many times than we have now. You know, they tell us that even geniuses only use 10% of the brain. You know, and we, most of us are not geniuses. You know, it's like everything will be restored. I saw technology that you would not believe. You know, we think, oh, everything's spiritual. (laughs) We'll have bodies, resurrection bodies, and there'll be people who don't have any resurrection bodies, those who survived the wrath of God. 
The technology I saw there was unbelievable. We had this funny idea, you know. We'll all sit around on earth playing harps. It's boring, you know. <laughs> It'll take a while to reconstruct a new earth. communication between the animal kingdom and the humans will be restored like it was in the beginning you know when the, the serpent spoke to Eve she wasn't freaked out that was normal you know she didn't say I don't the serpent spoke to me no it was just normal God said, I'm going to restore all things. Restore the earth. The animal creation. Lion will die, lie down with the lamb. I saw something there which is really hard to describe. But Eve was used to having conversations with the creation. You know? You know... After the fall, discord between man and his creation grew. You know, it grew for a long time. Noah had maintained a level of harmony with enough level of harmony with God and creation, and that he had no problems with getting the animals in the ark and organizing that whole thing. See, the creatures worship him too. Every morning, my wife and I sit on our veranda and just spend some time worshiping God, worshiping, praying. And without fail, the birds come in, sit on the veranda about this far away for us until we have finished. Without fail, every day. You know? This was the condition, you know, in the Garden of Eden before the fall. The humans and the animals' kingdom would become friends again. Hallelujah. The wolf shall dwell, Isaiah 11:6. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid, and the calf with the young lion. And so it goes on. Now, because the curse will be removed from the earth, the climate will change dramatically. I don't want to go into too much detail on that. But, you know, the climate will change, which will enable plants to grow faster. Fruit will develop more quickly. People didn't seem to need the same amount of food. I don't understand that. But technology was got, went far beyond what we understand today. Energy was given. They, they took energy off the sun. Somehow they were, I would say cars, but they were a lot more streamlined than that. But embedded in the road, there was 
there's something embedded in the roads that was taking energy from the sun which powered the vehicles that were riding above it. And the vehicles were not touching the ground. That's what I saw. Wow. That, that is neat. That is neat. The Bible says that the nations will have to go up at least once a year to Jerusalem. Right? The Bible tells us that. How are they going to get there? Because they're not all with resurrection bodies. How are they going to get there? I saw aircraft that were up to a mile long, totally silent, whipping through the atmosphere to Jerusalem, taking people. The logistics just boggles mind. Hallelujah. But what got me was the architecture. The cities looked surreal. I mean, they were beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. There was a university in, in, in Jerusalem where the Lord taught. And Micah 4, 1, but in the last days it was come to pass that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains. And many nations shall come and say, let us go to the mount of the Lord and he will teach us of his ways and we will walk in his paths. And I had this experience <laughs> of looking at some of the curriculum. It's not like we'd think. One of the subjects was astrophysics. Seriously. I thought, wow. Why would you need astrophysics? I was in, told you a bit at this time, that's library in heaven that I was in. There were all kinds of books in this library, you know, and I told you about it, how it leaped out of the page. Some of them leaped out of the page like a hologram and told their story, you know? And it was like incredible library. But... There were books in that library on stuff like astrophysics and much other stuff, but the angel would not let me see them. I tried every trick in the book, but he would not let me see them. Um, you know? Climate will change. You know, the earth, when Adam fell and Lucifer took over here, there was a shift on the earth axis, a 22-degree tilt. The earth is on a 22-degree tilt. And scientists tell us that they believe that this greatly affects the weather patterns. You know? But the weather patterns will be changed. You read Isaiah 25. There's different weather patterns altogether. You see, in the Garden of Eden, it never rained. Never once rained. It's just a mist came up and watered the ground. But after the flood, when the flood came, because the Bible says... The heavens broke, and the, and the water came both ways. It came from above, and it came from beneath. That's the only way you can flood the whole earth. And, and something broke. There was a covering, a, water, a filter over the earth in those days. You see, before the flood. But that eventually broke 
And it's interesting, when it broke two things, the lifespan of man dropped dramatically. That was a filter. And uh, so the lifespan of man dropped. And uh, the tilt on the planet will, will be brought back into its right position. Perfect climate. You know, when I left home a week ago, it was 90 degrees. Just perfect. And I got here, I've never had my jacket off since. <laughs> he knows. It'll be a perfect climate. No hurricanes, no destructive winds. Yeah, who? No destructive winds. Oh, there'll be a hierarchy of sorts. There'll be rulers of a nation. What I was, when I said before, as intrigued, there was a minister of music, which is, was governing the music. There were incredible amphitheaters for concerts, musical concerts. Incredible, beautiful amphitheaters. Now, we've got a problem because we've got unsaved people, right? The nation's satisfied, the sheep nations are in there. God has a, a rule with, with a rod of iron, he said. He's not going to allow sin to arise at all. Anyway, so, but these people are still going to have kids. P children are going to be born. And the last easy child shall grow for a hundred years, the Bible says. So the population will increase of people who have normal bodies and those who have celestial bodies. So the population will increase. Now, I saw only a, a, a tiny glimpse of about 500 years in, somewhere around that point. And the earth was absolutely the most beautiful place you could ever imagine. It was paradise. God said I would restore what Adam had in Eden and more. Okay. Now you've got a whole generation who've been born in there. Thousands and thousands of people. And uh, ruled with the rod of iron, the Bible tells us. So, it says, when the thousand years are over, it tells us that, you know, and they saw an angel come down having the key to the bottom of the pit. you remember that? He was bound for a thousand years and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and this set a seal upon it that they should not deceive the nations anymore until the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be released. And we say, for crying out loud, not again. So what is this about? There are people who've had no demonic temptation. There are people who have not gone on any hard situations. They have to choose who they will 
serve. Just like you and I had. They've lived in a perfect environment. Perfect. But ruled with a rod of iron. Now, Satan is released. It's only for a brief time, so cheer up. He doesn't last long. <laughs> that means no hope of lasting long. The only purpose for that is so those people can be tempted and choose. And actually, he does raise an army, a human army, to come against the city of Jerusalem again. Tells us in the book. I mean, you know, think in Leon's lesson. But that's the nature of deception. You always think they could win. So... What next? A thousand years is up. What happens next? Revelation chapter 21, 2 says, And, and I, John, saw the holy city in the new Jerusalem coming down of God from heaven to earth, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. And God shall wipe away all tears, and there shall be no more death, sorrow, crying. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said, Right, these things, these words are true, and they are faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He that overcometh. He that is overcome shall inherit all things. And, he, and in verse 10, Revelation 10, and he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain and showed me the city of God, the new Jerusalem, descending out of heaven onto this earth. It's really hard to kind of comprehend having the glory of God in her. And the light was like unto a stone most precious, clear as crystal. And the city that came down, the new Jerusalem that came down from heaven, was four square, and the length and the breadth were the same. And he measured the cities with a reed, 12,000 furlongs, the length and the breadth and the height. And so... We have this city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from on heaven, from on high. The new Jerusalem is a city, and it is a people. The city reflects all the attributes of the, God, of, of the bride. Now, we have this multi-storied city. 1,500 miles long this way, 1,500 miles that way, and 1,500 miles up. Imagine the city. And I said to the Lord, Lord, please let me see inside the city, please. I pray for three years. Lord, let me see inside the city. I need to see inside this city. One day, let me get it a little glimpse. That city was layered. It was actually the shape of a pyramid. But it was layered. On each layer, there were dwelling places, there were parks, there were 
it was beautiful. And the next layer up, it was even more beautiful. The next layer up, it was even more beautiful. Imagine the number of people that could hold. Oh. You know, after the thousand years, this earth will again undergo a metamorphosis. It will become part spiritual and part physical. The Bible tells us, and I saw the new heaven and the new earth for the first Heaven and the first earth were now passed away and there was no more sea. It's a different world. No more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of God, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. <clears throat> the new Jerusalem is a people, a structure, and a city. And this city on this Again, renovated earth became the capital city of the universe. The planet became the capital of the universe. You understand what I'm saying? And as I looked at this, I thought, poof. The bottom layers of the city were like an outer court. Right at the top was the throne of God. All, on all levels, there were trees, rivers, but in ascending glory. You know, the Bible says in Ephesians 2, 6 and 7, he's raised us up to sit in heavenly places, that in the ages to come, he might show us the exceeding riches of his purposes and glory. <coughs> the Bible says of the increase... Isaiah 9, 7 says, And the, the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. So, it's not the end. That word, you know, increase, is the, the Hebrew, it is a Greek word which has the thought of continuing enlargement of his kingdom. In Luke chapter 1, verse 31, it says, And behold, I shall conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of David his father. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. For his kingdom shall have no end. <clears throat> The big picture, huh? <coughs> Excuse me. No end to the enlarging of the kingdom of God. Why do we have a universe? God doesn't do anything without purpose, you know. The earth became the capital of the universe where God would establish his kingdom on out through millions of galaxies. <coughs> yes, excuse me. But think about it. Think about it. 
This is the big picture. Pray, Jesus said, kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. <coughs> God gave Adam responsibility for this planet and said, bring heaven to earth. Extend my kingdom into this planet earth. Now, we've had a 6,000 year glitch on that. But we're coming back. The millennial world is, a, is where Adam was about, should have gone, but it didn't happen. God's going to establish that again. And the plan and purposes of God will continue on. <clears throat> this whole idea of getting to heaven, living happily ever after in nice houses, and that's part of it. But that would be boring as anything, don't you think? You know, you've got to have purpose. The human race is born to have purpose, direction, adventure. That's who we are. Eye has not seen, ears not heard, what God has prepared for us. But he is revealing it by his spirit. And I want to tell you something. It's worth this last day fight. It's worth the battle to bring this in. In the book of Daniel it says, The saints finally possess the kingdom. <clears throat> Surely Antichrist will come to power and try and, and take over this planet completely and establish his kingdom on this planet, his headquarters on this planet. He will try to do that. But he's not going to make it because the saints possess the kingdom. Hallelujah. You have a great heritage ahead of you. Oh, this generation, see, we, we're living in a world of hopelessness. Hopelessness prevails, you know, like nothing before on this planet. Europe's in a mess. America's in a mess. The UK's in a bit of a mess. Political systems are in a mess. The weather's in a mess. And the Bible says it will get worse. This says arise and shine. Charles Dickens, The Tale of Two Cities. This is the tale of two kingdoms. And it was the best of times and the worst of times. And we've got to focus. There'll be times later when we can relax and have good times, but this time we must fight. We must fight. We must never retreat again. The UK must never retreat again. Christians in the UK must never, ever retreat again. If you retreat, you'll lose. But if you don't retreat, you cannot lose. That's as simple as that. Cannot lose. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. You know, I read a story some, some think, a while back about the British royal family. 
and um, how that um, the training they have, you know, Prince Charles, Prince Edward, and so on. They would have to sit on a stool for over an hour without moving and look interested. <laughs> Disciplined. They had to stay attentive, attentive for hours while they were deprived of sleep. They weren't allowed to sleep and they have to sit and be attentive for hours without falling asleep. Yeah, it's protocol because they're going to have to sit through boring speeches in some foreign country without falling asleep. You know, they have to be trained. They're trained to ride horses. They're taught how to groom themselves. Go to military college. You know, some of them messed up. <clears throat> but you go couple them right now, which could make it for this nation. Anyway, I won't go there. Training. 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 Oh, hallelujah. We've got to make our calling and election sure. This is your time. This is your time. This message, the gospel of the kingdom, the coming kingdom. You know, we've had this wishy-washy message which doesn't wash anymore. Go to heaven and you'll be saved and you'll be happy. Oh, come on. We weren't made for just that. And sit around, play harps. Come on. The kingdom is no end. And we are his ambassadors. And in during the millennium, other worlds will start to be opened up. Terraforming will begin on many places and planets. It's not boring anymore. It's an adventure. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, so, yes, just giving you a little overview. Some of the things I know, just a little overview. And you say, well, some of these things are not written in the Bible. No, they're not. Not everything's written in the Bible, you know. Just enough what we need for this present time. Some things are extra biblical, but they're not unbiblical. The difference. Oh. We've got to get this planet back from the enemy's hands. We have to take it back and bring in a new reign and rule. And this generation has been assigned that task. And the whole of heaven is looking on. It says the prophets dreamed about this day. They wanted to see this day. <clears throat> and you're it. You know, great big motley crew are going to take back the planet. And at the forefront is going to be young people. Oh, hallelujah. The Shadrachs, the Mesechs, and the Bendigos. You know, with, with the, 
the great thing about this generation of young people are some bad things, but the great thing is they are unchurched. So they have nothing to unlearn. And they'll believe. They will believe everything we tell them. That you get a clean canvas. And you'll find they'll be keen to go. They've lost hope. Lost hope. The loss of hope in Europe is unbelievable. And when you lose hope, when a nation loses hope, it's in a bad situation. This day we fight. We learn how to be righteous. We learn to have a character that equals all of the fruit of the Spirit. We learn how to handle the weapons of warfare, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God in our mouth. We learn how to run with the horses. We learn, we stand, we don't retreat. We change the laws on the land. We bring in righteous government. You see, revival is one thing. Reformation changes the whole structure of a community. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you ready for this? I tell you, I tell you, it's your time. You've missed out on a lot in the past. This is your time. This is your time. This is your opportunity now. God wants to light a fire in this nation, which the world will come to see what it's all about. Just like the Olympics, the world came to see that torch burn. Remember the torch and all it, the fire came in? And up the shaft. A million people came in. Biggest gathering ever in the UK from other nations ever in its history. That was just a prophetic sign. God wants to set this nation on fire. And when he does, the world will come to see it burn. The seeds, God's going to honor the seed in this nation. It just takes a little rain. <clears throat> Cloud of witnesses looking on, saying, yeah, we died for this. Come on, you guys. Coming to the kingdom. For such a time as this. I stand together for a moment. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
I want you to receive something tonight. I believe that, you know, I came here not because I wanted to, because I, but I was commanded to come here. And I think because I have a, have a, a, a heritage in this nation, because I was born here, you know, and I've got something this, in this nation. All my grandparents were in this nation. They have an investment in me, like you yours have in you. I had the Lord come to me and said, I want you to take a torch to the United Kingdom. Planted there. A torch can be revelation, it can be many things. But it's the fire of God and it is the presence of God. The torch and the sword. Torch speaks of the manifest presence of God. And the sword speaks of the word of God in our mouth. as you go back to your various wherever you came from, towns, countries wherever I believe you need to carry something back home might be just a little fire doesn't matter you need to carry the presence of the Lord with you you need to carry the vision with you. You need to carry the revelations with you. And this is not because I'm here. It's just in the purposes and the plans of God, you know. It's your time. Your time. That's all. God's going to light a fire, a torch. He's going to place a torch in this land like the Olympics. The fire of God will burn through towns, villages, coast to coast. It'll start small, but it will increase. It'll start in small places, but it'll continue to increase. One fire will join to another fire. Until like in the days of John Wesley, the place will be ablaze. But this will be far greater than John Wesley's day. It is time for this nation to catch fire. Thank you, Jesus. It's time.
time, time, time. Lord Jesus, I just plant a torch in this land. There will be many torches planted in this land. That which you plant increases and multiplies. Tonight I release it to you. Carry it. Carry it in your own life. Carry it back to where you come from. Carry it. I release it to you. In Jesus' name. I release it. I release it to you in the name of Jesus. Carry the torch. That torch will only burn if you stay close to the Lord. It's fueled by the atmosphere of heaven. It is fueled by the atmosphere of heaven. You must carry it. Carry the seed in your heart. Carry the fire in your heart. By staying close... Lord, let it be. Let something start in this nation now. Let something start. Let this be a mark in time. A mark in time. From this day on, I decree change in this nation. I decree change in this nation. I decree change in the nation from this day on you carry a fire he said I'll make my ministers a flame of fire you carry a fire that fuel that thing is fire is fueled 
with the presence of God, you must stay close to the presence of the Lord to keep it burning. Thank you, Lord. 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 Let it burn. Let it burn. Let this day be a marker in the land. Let it be a marker. Draw a line. No more retreat. No more retreating. No more retreating. We stand. Drive a stake in the land and say no more. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. You would not believe the amount of angels are in this place tonight. And not only that, but there is an opening in the atmosphere. Thank you, Lord. Lord, this nation was called Great Britain. It was once great. There was a reason for that name. But the years pass, and the enemy made inroads in many places. Then decline set in. But today, that decline stops here. Today, no more. We are a people who say no more. It stops here. It stops today. The tide starts to come in from today on in Jesus' name. There is a turning of the tide. turning of the tide. Little by little by little the tide's going to start to come in. No longer receding. No longer receding. God will honor has honored the prayers of many praying mothers. He's honored the martyrs who been who came from this land. He's honored those who held the torch before you in many generations. And the torch now is passing to this generation. <coughs> passing. Passing to you. Cloud of witness, pass it on to you. the land it will start as a gentle 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 hardly perceptible breeze the wind of God's spirit 
but it will grow. Slowly it will grow. And it will fuel the torches in the land. It will fuel the torches in the land. The wind of the Spirit, the scent of water in the land. The scent of water in the land. Britain may have lost its empire, but it's finding a kingdom. Finding a kingdom. Finding a kingdom. Lord, we want to honor tonight those who have gone before us. Great men and women of God. Men and women who paid a price for this nation. Many of them, right back to the Reformation and forward, men and women who paid a price. We want to honor them today. We want to honor the women of the land. I see so many faces coming before me. William Booth, his wife Catherine. All kinds, some faces I don't even know who they are. John Wesley. Many, many faces I see now. We want to honor them, Lord. They have a stake in this last generation. Let the flames be kindled again. Flame be kindled again. Let it be kindled again. The tide turns. It turns. It turns. It turns. It turns. No more we will retreat. God is going to get the kids, that lost generation of kids in this nation. God's going to get his hook into them. There'll be a great move of God among young people. Great move. A demonized nation, a demonized generation of kids. <laughs> Until God touches them. Thank you, Lord. Lord, let heaven bear record tonight. <clears throat> that these people are taking a stand and will not be denied. Nothing less, nothing shorter than a great, powerful reformation in the land. Let it be recorded. Let it be known. We take a stand this day.
And we say, no further to the enemy. No further. And the wind of the Spirit will start very, very gently. <clears throat> but it will increase. It will fuel the torches. It will increase. It will increase. It will increase. <laughs> you were born for this. You are born for this. You are born for it. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> I tell you, the world will come to see what happens in this nation. The, the world will come. I see people streaming from the nations and taking the fire back to their own nations. When this thing really catches fire, nations will stream in and take it back. God ordained that the Olympics would be held in London as a prophetic sign. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Heidi, let you sing something now as we... Whatever. I just want to thank you all for listening to me. Our God reigns. Our God reigns. Our God reigns. We exalt him over this land. Thank you, Jesus. We exalt him. If you'd like any more information, please go to our website www.bushfireministries.co.uk or see our online web shop www.bushfire-shop.org